up, everybody, and thank you so much for listening to episode 27 of the Arizona Movie Club. My name's Tyler. I am your host, as I always will be. And joining me, my co-host, Andy, as he always will be. You there, Andy? Hi there. What did you say what's going on there, Andy? Oh, my bad. My bad. I just, I just thought you were. And joining us, unmiked, is our producer, Romeo. What's going on, Romeo? He did, he did the gun hand signal for the <laughs> And we are the Arizona Movie Club. We talk about movies that are currently only old because that's all that's coming out. But we do have, we're going to be reviewing Palm Springs here shortly. That'll hopefully, that's probably going to already be up. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to upload that even though we're talking about Arrival first, which is what we're going to be talking about today. But first, I do want to go ahead and just plug that coming sometime in August, we're going to be interviewing Maeve Higgins. Woo! The star actress of the first movie we ever reviewed here, Extraordinary. It's hilarious. Go watch it. Get prepared for that interview. And we're also going to do a re-review of Extraordinary because that's not our best episode. Just like episode. quality and really just uh, the structure I didn't care for. I think I prefer what I what we have now. But if you think we should change our structure, by all means, email us at azmovieclub at gmail.com. Once more, that's azmovieclub at gmail.com. Or you can message us slash at us at any social media. We have a Facebook now, a Twitter, and an Instagram. No Snapchats because we don't want to see your dicks. We don't. <laughs> we don't. Yeah, we don't want whatever you want to send us. Like it's probably going to be bad enough if we ever get big enough to where people just like hate us. I'm sure we'll get gross things DM'd. But Snapchat's just asking for it. Plus, what company has a Snapchat? What a bunch of weirdos. This is the main three. That's all you need. Oh, you can only follow us on LinkedIn. TikTok, but we're grown men. We don't need a TikTok. <laughs> Plus, how do you even do, like, what are you plugging in TikToks for this account? I don't know. Yeah, that's where you can reach us at. If you have any thoughts, opinions about what you want to see us uh, listen or review, talk about, if you don't like the structure, etc., please be nice. I know I've joked about, like, I don't care for the death threat. I obviously do care. I, I will read it out for comedic value probably the first time. And then after that, it's just going to get old and I'm going to hate myself. So <laughs> I probably won't do it. But next week, real quick, uh, before we dive into Arrival, uh, there's also coming up this week, just to let you know, uh, there should be a Hustlers episode coming after this. And then, like I said, Palm Springs, I'm probably going to upload first. That'll be, if you haven't listened to that already, please go check it out. Go watch it on Hulu. It's a phenomenal movie. I can, spoilers there, it's great. Uh, all of us here liked it. And next week, we are going to be watching what. I already blinked on what you picked. Slow West. Okay, Slow West. That's available on Netflix. Yeah. And what did I pick? I'm already blinking on that. I had to. I was reading. All, oh, Thor Ragnarok. That's available on Disney Plus. So, sorry, last week nothing was available on and any it, service. Tyler has not seen Slow West. I have not seen Thor Ragnarok. It's safe to assume anytime a superhero movie is coming up, Andy has not seen if it. If it isn't Iron Man with like the electric whips, I haven't seen it. That's one uh, of the only ones I've ever seen. If if you want, if you're brand new here, and thank you for listening through all the plugs, we appreciate that. Uh, go check out our backlog. I get it. You click on the newest episode. Some highlights. If you want some recommendations, uh, it follows as our highest watched episode, uh, followed by Good Time. That was a banger of an episode. Um, and then I would recommend if you like video games, go listen to The Last of Us. Uh, have you listened to that episode, Andy? I'm about halfway through it because you it's were worried about pretty the, good. the audio quality. I was like, oh, no. I'm it's so the first, worried, and, yeah. just as a warning, the first 10 minutes of that, it, 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 it was it bad. It cleans up. Though, it cleans okay. up for sure. Um, it's reminiscent of our older episodes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. 
for example. <laughs> but that is a great episode. Please go listen to that if you have not. If you like video games, or if you don't and you just like us, um, I think it's one of our better conversations just overall. Um, I've listened to a lot of takes about that, and I think we at least were somewhat unique in like how we were coming from it. A lot of people feel similar, but we, the way we talked and elaborated about our feelings about it, felt pretty unique. So oh, cool. I was proud of that episode. Well, good news there. And today, like I said, for lack of a better intro, we're talking about Arrival. came out in November of 2016. Which I had not seen. I had is, seen it. Which is weird because it's sci-fi. This would normally be right up my alley, but I, I somehow, I think it was the PG-13, to be honest, because I usually want a rated R out of my sci-fi. I want to see heads coming off or something crazy from the alien, but that doesn't mean I did not like this because it was PG-13. <laughs> I think it's funny, though. Just uh, as a quick tangent. Do you like to pigeonhole me for apparently liking romantic movies? I have no genre that I really prefer. Whereas, like, Andy is so specific in what he wants out of a film. He's like, this is... He, he, the fact that you have a system, I think, is just a testament to that. To, like, you have to keep yourself in check to not, like, push down movies that you wouldn't traditionally like. Oh, for sure. Well, because I, I always want a movie to be exactly what you want it to be. I mean, who doesn't, like... I, see, I like things that made me think differently. Well, that's, I guess, I, okay, maybe I should have elaborated. That's in, that's part of it for me. Like, like, open my mind, show me something new that I haven't seen before. And and so I, that's always what I go in wanting. So that is the point of the point system. So it's like, I don't I don't just judge something too harshly. It's like, no, what I saw was pretty cool. Or if I, especially if I don't like an ending, like, you know, uh, I don't know, just, I was trying to think of an example. Like, but it's a the ending wasn't great, but yeah, that's the whole point. I, of my point system is I don't want to just dog it for the whole the ending. You know, so the movie was good. I really like Arrival. I really like the ending. Um, if you haven't seen this movie, it is a, an alien invasion movie. In the so uh, how I would describe it is it is one of the unsexiest sci-fi movies ever. Its subject matter, the point of its subject matter, is to not be sexy. It is literally about the in the weed stuff that we don't consider when it comes to alien interactions. We don't think about the logistics of what actually communicating with aliens would be like. It's usually the aliens speaking to a machine, bleep blort, and we just fucking understand it. And I, like I think I think that's why part of why I love this movie so much is it's absolutely brilliant, and that its protagonist, uh, a professor who's a just basically one like the world's best in. Um, like analyzing like ancient languages and things yeah, like that. And yeah, I, I even like, so I mean the way they recruit her and she's just like, no, I can't fucking tell you what I think this means. From a couple of clicks and yeah, it's, and, it's really creepy. And they're like, the army guy's just, oh, I'm not taking the bait. I'm not just bringing you along. And she tells him, okay, so be it. But whoever you're going to go get next, who I know, because there's only so many of us that are good at this, ask him this question. He's not as good as me. Yeah, he doesn't know shit about Sanskrit. <laughs> And then he comes back in the middle of the night, and it's it's a fairly, like I told Andy, to me, it's a, a bottle episode of a TV show, which if you don't know, is like a lot of times they do it for budgetary reasons, because you can't have a shit ton of money on every single episode, but you don't want bad quality. So what you do is you take all of your protagonists, and you like put them in a small encapsulated setting, and just like let like make sure that you have interesting storylines or sometimes it's chaos but whatever it is it's there there's not a lot of like globe trotting there's not a lot of people running in and out these crossing arcs everything is in a centralized location and it comes down to like good dialogue and an interesting like theme storyline i think this has everything like i think it's interesting 
But it is weird. Like I said, I think a good way to describe it is is the unsexiest sci-fi movie ever. But that's kind of like Dil- Dennis Villeneuve likes to take challenges. That's he, a great tagline. He took. <laughs> I mean, think about like he. We talked about earlier. He did Prisoners. He took basically Lifetime movie bait and turned it into like a legitimate, compelling movie. Because it's sad when kids get kidnapped. But I'm just. Usually, usually that's a lifetime movies. Yeah, those movies aren't. Yeah, yeah, they're not great movies. Like Gone Girl, maybe one of the few exceptions as well. <laughs> that's not. Yeah, that's that's not about kidnapping. But I get what you mean. They're yeah, yeah. very like lifetime themed movies. And if we've got some 30, 40, 50 year old females that watch a lot of lifetime movies, we, we're glad we have you. I can't believe you've stuck around this long. They're, they're here for hustlers. <laughs> good movie. Uh, but lifetime movies are traditionally not good movies. It's okay if you like that. I like junk food sometimes too when it comes to my pop culture, but you have to admit when something you like is trash. I like the Power Rangers. The Power Rangers are garbage. Like, of course, you know. <laughs> I just, as a kid, thought they had fucking sweet suits and so. Yeah, exactly. This is not fun trash, though. This is definitely more of a, like, a thinking man sci-fi, 100%. Um, like, like I, I, your point, I, it makes perfect sense that they're there kind of in that, that bottle. I like how you said that. What, what the, the issue that I had, it kind of reminded me a little bit of, uh, uh, like, World War Z. Did you ever see that one? I have not. Oh, okay. It's, it's not great, but it kind of reminds me a little bit of, of this one in the sense that he is the equivalent of Amy Adams. Like, you're the only scientist that can do this for us. He's in, like, the middle of New York City, hustling, bustling. They, like, grab him out of there. And then he does go up there. He goes to, like, Japan and Jerusalem and, like, all these different places. And along the, the way, he's seeing some scientists, like, here and there that are, like, locked down in these little pods doing research here and there. Mm. And it's like, oh, so we're just seeing the movie from only, <laughs> like, the arrival of the movie from only that point of view with a lot of, like, news bulletins and whatnot. That was one of my few gripes with yeah, I which not a gripe for me. Um, I see it's got interesting lore and it's got interesting setup, of course. But I didn't feel the desire to like what's going on in other places. Like I'm very much locked in of okay, well, this is what's going on. And I just remember the first time seeing it, really appreciating all these things, even if I didn't maybe like think them out the way I thought them out this time around. It's weird because the way I would describe it is it's very. <laughs> In a weird way, it's like systems heavy um, in the sense that Villeneuve wants you to understand where she's coming from, how her thought process works. So that way, us as the audience have that understanding and that base knowledge. And then he wants those aha moments that the character has the audience to naturally feel as well. As she breaks down barriers, you want, you know, she's like excited about it, obviously, but she's not screaming fuck yeah or anything. But that's what Villeneuve wants the audience to do, like. To just be like, oh shit, like we have a breakthrough and keep having those moments. Yeah, when she starts to have those at the tail end of the movie, those did feel really like well earned and everything. And like the, when she was having those, uh, yeah, like, yeah, like you said, those light bulb moments. And, and she's got like, I gotta get this info across the country like, ASAP, you know. Yeah, and if we're gonna talk about like one of my few gripes, um, I, this is not an anti Amy Adams podcast, but if you watch her in American Hustle, Great movie. Yeah, good movie. I really enjoy it. It's a little long in the tooth, uh, but it, it's overall solid. I like, to me, that's more, I think, what I want out of Amy Adams. And while the writing's not, like, phenomenal, I just don't know if she's, like, a good, if she's a, a great, like, moody character. Um, about the same, yeah. Which is what I think this is. And the best way I can describe that is go watch any Tom Hardy movie. He conveys a lot without a lot of dialogue. And that's kind of the actress you would want out of this, and I think Hardy would have been better in the Renner role, even though 
like it would be oh of course the one of the best math experts the uh, or the what is he a theoretical physicist yeah like it would be illogical for that man to be as sexy as Tom Hardy so <laughs> I think there would be whereas Jeremy Renner you're like well, then, so okay, well, you see, on that point though, we, Emily and I were both joking about how Jeremy Renner, like in the face, looks just like an everyday man. Like he does not look like he would be like a muscular man. Like, but he had to get carved for like Avengers and, and stuff. And then, and then so they, they keep him in like a turtleneck sweater this whole movie. And it's like, oh, okay, I believe that like he's just a scientist or whatever. And then at one point they're like getting into their hazmat suits and his like you know lats are bulging and it's just like, oh yeah, okay, they just had. <laughs> it was just so it was just so ridiculous. But I, like you know, good for Renner. I mean, yeah. I wasn't looking for the lats, so I, I didn't even that. notice that, but that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, Emily and I were both, because it was only because we had just said something. It's like, wow, yeah, Jeremy Renner has, you know, stayed in his clothes this whole movie. Like, I did not expect that, and then here we were. Yeah, it's not a very sexy sci-fi film either. No, like, no, not at all. <laughs> in any way. We have definitely dabbled in, like, horny movies. Get ready for Hustlers. <laughs> I was about to say. Tyler's pick. <laughs> I, like, listen, I'm not puritanical here. Horny <laughs> movies can be good movies, okay? But, yeah, this one is the opposite of that. And I did have that thought of knowing what we were, we were watching Hustlers after this and so, going, oh, like, how ironic. This movie just makes you think, like, oh, aliens, there's, like, all these cool things. And this movie's just not cool in that traditional sense when we talked about your scale and how you're, like, cool. <laughs> Big part of it. But this movie's not cool in that sense. It's not flashy. It's not sexy. But it's just, like, it's good, and if you're into it, and you're willing to, like, let the movie just take you where it wants to take you, I think it's, like, like, the payoff at the end, for me, is worth I do love the ending. The only real issue I have, which, I mean, of course, we're talking about spoilers here, um, is, like, the it is very much, because it's a bottle episode, there's only so much you can really talk about plot-wise, so we are going to be, this is going to be one of those episodes that's not very plot-heavy, but... Yeah, yeah just you, in a gray box talking to aliens on, like, a white screen <laughs> in, in hazmat suits for... And then they don't know they take the suits off. That's right. Yeah. Which is a cool moment. And it, it makes sense that she's just kind of like, hey, these suits are limiting our, our ability to communicate. Fuck it. Let's... You know, I, I'm going for it. Oh, and I, so my, my only small gripe story-wise was, like you were mentioning, we kind of get the double reveal of Renner being the dad. Because throughout the movie, we assume... Amy Adams, the main character, and I forget her name. Do you remember? Did you write that down? I did not. Ro it's she okay. Romeo was pulling it up. <laughs> uh, the protagonist, Amy Adams, she she's having what you initially assume are flashbacks. Um, turns out they were they're forward flashes, and she doesn't understand why they are there, like why she's having them, why she's having these vivid dreams that feel real before she's ever had them. She doesn't know, like you know. She's like, I feel like this has happened, but it's never actually happened. But, of course, through the movie, we don't know that she's feeling odd during these, right? Like, I didn't, anyway. I thought these were just normal flashbacks that were yeah. her feel bad, but not, like, yeah, they oh, were put in her brain by an alien. That's oh, yeah, I absolutely thought that they were they were flashbacks. Okay. Turns out that there were flashes. And the big reveal of this movie at the end is that they their language that she has been trying to interpret and learn is like weirdly when you fully understand it. And this is what I was talking about with uh, the fountain, uh, like how this movie is guilty a little bit of some galaxy brain stuff, but it is essentially time travel. It's like not quite that. Um, she has the ability to look forward into the future, basically not travel there physically, even though she kind of does like, it's weird to explain like that. Um, it's, but it's not like a clear machine. 
but it is definitely like their gift to humanity in order so that when they, they that way whenever they explain like we're gonna need your help we can see into the future like we're giving you this gift so that way you guys can help us out we scratch your back well you know you scratch our back we scratch yours kind of thing that was a very cool ending and i like that they were there to not of course be you know uh harmful or anything they're just there to to, to help out advanced technology but i didn't really get what they were receiving out of it like the aliens like what well, the point of their visit was purely just to drop off technology and then peace out it seemed like yeah they say like we're gonna need your help oh um, in thousands of years okay that's right i think it's like 500 years but it may be a thousand oh, is it okay but essentially i think they figure if amy adams can learn like, look forward to the future. She will know, or whoever will know. Like, I imagine, because she writes that book, yeah. she's going to teach this language so we all, like a lot of us understand it, and we can look forward and help them out when they need it. I think explaining why they, how we're going to help them would have been, like, too much lore, yeah. and Villeneuve really, like, overcome, like, hey, you got to know this. Like, I think it's fine just being like, we're going to need your help. Yeah, because there's no way to actually tell that without making it like an hour. Like, a whole ass, like, be like, then that's just kind of getting pointless at that at, at that stage. But, like, the idea of, of you know, the, the time travel, I, I did like that it was cool. It did seem a little just kind of a punch-out ending because there wasn't anything up to that point that made us think it was going to be leading to that time travel. It's still, still a cool ending, and it, it was cool for, for that point there. Um, I, I still really enjoyed that. Um, did you find the Romeo? Did you find her name? Yeah, Doctor Louise Banks. Louise, Louise yeah. Banks, that's what, right. So, what was Jeremy Renner's character's name? Uh, give me one second. This is a ripped science man. Yeah, this is what we pay you for. Damn. <laughs> is dead air always always great always great to have on air dead air baby. So then, okay, so then who would you have quick uh, a recast instead of Amy Adams? Because I have one. I think. It's funny because they were both linked to it. I think Jessica Chastain oh, might have been better. Say, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking from a, a most violent year. I was like, ah, she was so good in that one. Uh, that's so that's I, so funny. That was, I think that's the first time. I think she's a better stoic actor. Yeah, I think that's part of why. I should have written that shit down. <laughs> no, <laughs> I believe you. I totally believe you because they're so intrinsically linked yeah. that like they always get typecast as the same. I think Chastain would have been the better pull for this movie specifically. Maybe you don't go hardy because like like I said, it's just. No, I still liked Renner. Yeah, he was he was good. I thought I, he wasn't terrible, but I mean, you have to see Locke with Tom Hardy. If you <laughs> like him being, moved, oh, did you see that one? Oh, it's just it's an hour and a half of him in a car. He has like thirty six different phone calls of people just calling him back. His whole life is like dissolving in the course of one night because was of this, the decisions he's making. Was this made during COVID? Because no, it sounds like I, it would be like him, <laughs> like a like a shaky cam, just driving around town. No, it was like from 2012, 2013. I know this isn't the lock. Oh, we, wow. we have to. We should watch Lock at some point. It was great. <laughs> yeah, Romeo was trying to sell me on it, and I was just like, uh. I can't explain it, but it was good. I'm, I'm gonna steal Romeo. We're gonna do a side pod <laughs> just on Lock. Oh god, yeah, I I'm in for almost. What's weird is uh, I don't like a lot of Tom Hardy's movies, but I like Tom Hardy. I like just about everything Look, he's in. Yeah, I have zero desire to watch Warrior, even though I trust that he's that's him and Andrew. Yeah, I want to see that one too. I actually have. Oh, you haven't seen? I, no, you I, being the big fight guy, I, I think it's up my alley. Yeah, I did see The Fighter with Amy Adams. That's uh, another one that comes. That's to Christian mind. Bale, right? Christian Bale and yeah. Bill Over. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ian Donnelly. Oh, Ian. Ian Donnelly. Yeah. Okay. So Ian and Louise. Not <laughs> names that like jump out at you. That's kind of why. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. Like I, I love Villeneuve, and I can't explain enough. Like. The vibe, it's weird because it's not fun, but it's 
Like, it can even be boring if you're the, the not the target audience for this film. Yeah. Um, it's even weird to be in the summer of sizzle, you could argue. Uh, but I think it's, like, fair counter-programming to Hustlers. Like, they're very much, the studios are like, oh, yeah, Hustlers is open. That's not our competition. So, fuck it. Let's yeah. see we can... We can yeah, release it that I, same I was weekend. trying to think of, like, ties between the two. There's, there's, there's none. none. There's none. There's nothing. Except that giant, creepy stone obelisk floating through that strip club. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, there's no ink or anything in, in Hustlers. I was trying to think. It's like they're, they're ink smoke clouds. Like, So to get this the movie going, like, they they bring Amy Adams and Renner in to, to bridge the language gap. Uh, I don't know yeah. if, you, if you said that already. Um, so I mean, they're kind of, like, trial and error going, going at it. Like, the main, like, the first, like, plot beat, I guess, that gets it going is she realizes, hey, we can't do this just, like, from audio alone. I need, a, like, a visual aid and steals that whiteboard. Mm-hmm. I would have preferred, like, a more, like, clever, I don't know if it need to be modern necessarily, but assumedly it would be through technology is how we would communicate with alien life. Like, I don't know, I thought a whiteboard seemed kind of lazy. Like... Uh, no, I, I, I get the practicality of it, but I also th- think it's weird that, like, the military didn't think of this. Like, Forrest Whitaker, who's, the, like, the general who's kind of, like, br- or the colonel or something who's, like, bridging between Amy Adams and, like, the room full of military guys, his dialogue was really lame, <laughs> just coming out, I gotta give these guys something and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, well, I'll go in with a whiteboard. All right, that buys you one more day. It's like, r- really? That? Like, that's what you're going back to them with? Okay. I, I think... So... I think, A, you're overestimating just how competent uh, the government is. Oh, boy. <laughs> with with their uh, communication with an alien. I think our first instinct would be, let's just shoot this mofo. Like, let's blast him out of the but sky they if do they that. don't immediately. Oh, that's their initial, like, like course of action. It won't talk to us? Kill it! Like, that's basically what they want to do and what the, a lot of the other, not all the other countries. China is mentioned primarily as the, like, that was like the, the first window, but that yeah. was like after like a month or so. They seem like they're pretty uneasy. Like well, from of course everything. they're uneasy. <laughs> well, but I mean more so than the other countries who are like, yeah, we need some time to do. Like it seems from the beginning that like China's putting pressure, and even the U.S. like they're coming at her like, like if you don't do this, like we're basically gonna turn to violence. I did also like the, like I liked the not the idea, but the uh, like side plot thread. It was essentially like it took us months to communicate. So naturally, the com- the country is in the world is like super uneasy and at unrest. And of course, you have like the hard right wing Fox like people, the propaganda. Alex Jones essentially, you could write that in as like he was the person that the uh, one of the military men you know working at the site was watching on his laptop and is kind of getting riled up. Like, yeah, this is they're inept. We need to kill these aliens and. Not subtle, but I still had no problem with it. I thought it was pretty well done. Yeah, well, because we're we're seeing a lot of those those bulletins like you were talking about. So we're, we're seeing a few of those. Um, but it's mostly more like straight up news reporting until we get that, and that's kind of like the what. Obviously, if this all happened, there would be the Alex Jones like losing his mind over here, like they're coming to kill us. The government is communist for not immediately destroying these aliens. Like that's a hundred percent what would happen. So I think it was just like, like the, a like nice the little panic overall. Sure, I thought that was pretty appropriate. And the only thing I thought that was that was different is uh, uh, all the things that they got were right about like things buying up except for toilet paper because we just did this shit. Oh yeah, the, fucking quarantine. The panic like, buys. Water and gas and everything is being sold out, and it's just like yeah, you didn't mention toilet paper. You predicted <laughs> that shit wrong. 
Who would have fucking thought? The one thing they got wrong, yeah. Was fucking we, Alexis did make a comment about that when we were watching. So were this. you were side note, were you ever in a TP scare? Like were you how many roles were you down to at your worst? Yeah, um we so I made the smart decision to purchase a bidet when this oh, first started. That's right, yeah. Uh, but we did get have to use um flushable wipes and some uh Kleenex. Oh dang. Yeah, then uh, we, at one point. We got down to like two and then we went and bumped some off of our folks. And then, nice. then we were able to find some of the stars. Yeah. No, Not we that were, exciting beside Tangent. It didn't get that, that desperate for us in, in Arizona. I mean, it was pretty bad here. But like I said, that bidet really paid off. We were able to slow play things. <laughs> money, good money well spent. Yeah, I, I like it. <laughs> we're a pro bidet podcast here. Tushy, if you want to come, uh, that's a that's a popular brand. If you want to come sponsor that's us. our first sponsor. Sponsored by Tushy, yeah, I'll do it. I, I can't wait to do an ad read. Like, that sounds like the corniest thing ever. I'm going to hate it after I do it twice. But that first one, <laughs> I'm going to fucking jazz. It's going to be good. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Romeo, what what are we looking at runtime-wise here? Uh, 25 minutes. Oh, geez. It's, I feel like we're almost already out of things to talk about. That I mean, there's really not a lot of, yeah, it's just not a lot, a lot of plot beats, so it doesn't, it, I don't want it to come off like we're just talking about the bad things, but, like, there are some oh, no, pretty, I, like, cringy lines in this one that, like, and anytime it seemed like there was, like, a moment, like, really big, like, greater than itself, like, the line was always really underwhelming. Like, when she, like, the point where you were talking about when she takes off her hazmat suit, and it's really cool, and Renner's freaking out, like, don't do that, Louise, don't do, you know, everyone back in HQ, everyone's freaking out, and she's like, no, I need to put my hand on this glass and talk to this alien. And, like, she does it, and the alien freaks out. And it's, like, a cool response, and then they all have a great reaction. And then her line's just like, now that's what I call a proper introduction. And it's just yeah. like, oh, boy. I didn't think it was that bad, but, like, I get what you mean. And then she's about to go in, and Forrest Whitaker's like, now i got to ask the big question. Are you ready to go? It's like, that, you could have thrown that away. Let's Sorry. leave that. This is definitely, dialogue-wise, Villeneuve's probably the worst movie. I still really like it. I still think, listen, man. You gotta at least rate this as high as the fountain. Dialogue wise, the fountain was a lot worse. I can't remember what I what I I forget what you did too. Was it an eight something or was it a nine? I think that's something. Even if you can't, I'm not. Well, I can't. I don't rate the whole thing on dialogue. That's the whole point of my point system. No, so I know if they fall alike on dialogue. I mean, I, and I, I I think I, this one was higher because I was like dialogue and writing was like one of the only knocks I had on on the fountain. Like the lines that I gave Rachel Weiss to read were just. Yeah. They gave everybody really. <laughs> it was not good. Production wise, this is phenomenal. Uh, I do think there were some solid, well built sets. I think the CGI was clearly budgetary, so they kept it pretty minimal. Um, I would have even been okay with seeing less of the aliens. I didn't hate what I saw, but I don't think it was necessary because that shit is going to look like it didn't look terrible now, but like, can only imagine it's not going to look great in 10, 15 years, you yeah. know? It did seem like they were kind of overusing it a lot because you're seeing them go back and back for like multiple sessions talking to these these aliens and they just come up to the glass every time. So it does lose a little bit of its like creepy factor, like the you know the fifth yeah. time. But then when she actually gets like transported into their bubble, like, I can't remember how exactly she has to get in there, but they kind of just like zap her full of knowledge or whatever. When she's in there, she sees them like in their tall form, like when yeah. there's not like the smoke and fog covering them. That was creepy all over again. So it's like, okay, cool. You brought me right back into it. It was a little creepy. See, this movie didn't give me creepy vibes for the most part. That first interaction is definitely nerve-wracking. And I like that I was I meant to bring this up earlier. I do like that their reaction is to freak out. Not like, we're cool. And we yeah. immediately, like, yeah, you'd want to probably vomit meeting aliens for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Getting to be one of those those first people and being 
I studied language and here I am with another species coming from outer space in this ship that we have no idea yeah. it could potentially razor blast or laser blast all of, like we don't know and of course you have the connotations of what we think of aliens so that would be terrifying so the fact that they they held it together they're not like children that are like Whoa! but the fact that they were also kind of like uh, just like stage right it yeah. made sense it was in the even I would have liked to see the scene but then they didn't have it. But at least they, they made mention of it. You know, clearly freaks out and doesn't do that great. And mm-hmm. Forrest Whitaker is still like, yeah, you did better than the first guy. Like, I want to see that interaction of like them walking <laughs> up to the glass and the guy just like fucking, you know, sprinting out of the, the ship. That's probably what I would have done. I just imagine he didn't say anything. He just got up there and was he says, like, staring with a yard blank, <laughs> the biggest blankest stare, just like, white hair, like from it or something. <laughs> Things look creepy too, man. And when she was in that like white light, yeah. like uh, uh, area, it did remind me a little bit of the like blue jello from under the skin, where she was like moving real slow and like blinking really, really slow. It looked really funky. Yeah. So I think in Villeneuve's probably ideal world, he would have liked to make this even bigger, like even less dialogue and explaining. It does feel like there was probably some studio interference of we're giving you a pretty solid budget for this you need to give us a little bit more leeway in terms of, like, we need direct audience things. I think that's the reason for the Renner double explain that he's the dad. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, we pretty much get it the first time around. But also, like, the, the movie doesn't show this. It's all just done through, like, the future when she's with her daughter and they're talking about the divorce or whatever. And she's like, yeah, I told, you know, your dad something he wasn't ready to hear or whatever, like, are you, like, would you tell your significant other that, like, if you're, like, I, I want to jump right to this question, because this was my, probably my favorite part of just thinking about this, like, after the movie was over, like, how do you handle knowing every bit of your life, your husband's life, everything, like, do you tell him, or do you, yeah? I mean, I think this is, like, this is an intrinsic, like, philosophical question of, like, does, does it make life void of meaning? And, like, and the answer is, like, it may be cliche, but yes, but no. Like, of course, that's depressing and probably drives you to, like, a lot of pessimism and nihilism. But you still, at the end of the day, like, I guess it depends if you have, like, that you have a survival instinct at all. And, like, you feel the obligation to keep pushing forward. Some people might just kill themselves. Who knows how... Well, I mean, I guess, yeah, but... I do think... in the future. I, I think... An yeah. I do think ethically, uh, having a kid that is doomed to die is a little fucky. Like, I think... I don't think I'd do it. I don't think I would have the flashback. Yeah, it's like, yeah, would you like to have a daughter that's going to have, you know, 17, 18 good years? She will. You might not because you're going to know every day that you're, you're, those are your waning days. I, like, I think I would just feel so much guilt that I would, if I went through that decision, tell my significant other. But I would at least, would you wait it, like, say you end up making that selfish decision and the kid's born, do you wait it out? Till like at least they die and tell your significant other you knew this was going to happen the whole time. Do you peter out halfway through? Because it seems like she tried to hold the secret close to her chest as the kid got older and she fell more and more in love with this kid. It's like, I have to tell him. Or would you like the second the kid's born be like, surprise, we've got 18 years. <laughs> like, how would you have done that? God, it, it, it's so I was so torn with that, too, because you really maybe part of the aliens, uh, everything that the timeline needing to help and everything, like they're showing you the future for a reason. Maybe you can't mess with that. So maybe for like the bigger reasons, you still have to have the kid, have to get married to Jeremy Renner. Don't mess with any, you know, uh, like the sound of thunder type shit. Like don't step on the butterfly or that you're supposed to change. 
or, or maybe you can change it. But then if you do, like, if you are willing to go to that level, have a daughter, get married to Jeremy Renner, like, then don't tell him. Like, it, it's weird. Like, I thought it was kind of like, do either one or the other. Don't do it at all. Like, don't have a child. Or go ahead and do that. Live the life and enjoy it. Because doing what she did, I mean, he's either going to think she's insane or, like, I believe you, which it sounds like maybe he did. Like, hey, you had some, like, crazy so, stuff happen with the aliens, and this is just sad, and I can't deal with it. So the more I think about it, I think she can change it. I think, like, maybe she can tell the, the doctors, like, I know my daughter's going to have this, and they can prevent it. Because otherwise, why would the aliens care about giving you the gift if you can't alter the future based off being able to see what is currently to come? That's a good point. But, you, yeah, I just, I just can't imagine that it showed her that. And then with the intention of, hey, but then don't have kids. Why would the aliens show her those flash forwards? So, yeah, I don't think they were saying, like, you're predestined. Go do this. Sure. I think they were saying, like, this is what your actions are leading you to. The, like, we have given you specifically, because you understand us and you've been able to decode our language, the gift to preserve your own child's life. And in, and in return, spread this language because the ability to see into the future will allow you to help us to prevent whatever extinction of our species is to come. Okay, I can, I can appreciate that. I think that would probably, the more I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Why else? We can't alter it. Why would they just be like, hey, see that we're going to be extinct. Like, yeah, here's your gift. You know, like, <laughs> it's literally what they're doing. Yeah, 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 I think, yeah, they're like, they're self-preserving yeah. them. You know, like, hey, we, we know we're going to need your help. So, uh, yeah. Do that, and your daughter can live. Yep. Also, then, other humans can prevent awful mistakes from happening. It would fundamentally change how like society acts, right? You would have to imagine so. Yeah. With all these like anti-maskers and these weirdos, like I have to imagine some people would think that it's like some mind control thing, and that like I'm never going to learn that language. My eye is open to the truth. It's all about spirituality. The aliens didn't even exist. This is a government. <laughs> like you know, people would say some tacky shit. Yeah, it, like it, the, like the the language learning, it, it, it was a little silly that it was just like, yeah, in thirty days they can figure it out. It, it's you have to suspend it. It's sci-fi. Like like Palm Springs even does that too. Like with the, like the explanation of time loops, it's just like, hey, this is how it works. And then as an audience, we have to just be like, okay, it was explained. Hey, the characters clearly get it, so we get it too. But like the uh, it reminded me of. Did you ever see the Thirteenth Warrior? As it was a different reference. It was, no. it was a movie about Vikings and Antonio Banderas, but. How do those two go together? Hear me out. He's an, an interpreter and like a, a, a like an interpreter for like like a, a, like the Sultan type thing, and he goes to like the north mm -hmm. like lands of like the Vikings, pretty much. And like knowing like Greek and all these other like base languages, Latin, he's able to like hang out with them for like mm -hmm. two months and be like, boom, I speak like Viking Swedish all of a sudden, and it's the same type of shit. Just like, oh, okay, I guess you do now. We're just along for the ride. So I, I just think, always think it it's sounds funny, like I would enjoy that movie. But I, I don't. I can bring it up and kind of poke fun at it without hating on it because it's like we of course have to like okay we can just speak alien after thirty days. Movie though, very good movie. I, I was Thirteenth Warrior and Arrival. I think it was arguably longer than thirty days. I think it was implied that it was several. I think they only there was a, I think they said like one month later or something or there's like somebody on like the news that's been like we've had thirty days of blah blah blah. I also thought it would be funny is like it's much like mom and dad, like every time they were getting news, like if it was done from like a kitchen laptop, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> just be like, how did we never notice this in movies? <laughs> have movies it's always just done a thing, this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's pretty much all I had. Oh, and then the ship at the end leaves, and it has like a really cool dissolve. 
Yeah, that was that, pretty that, sweet. That kind of reminded me of Prometheus a little bit. It makes sense, like, instead of just... If it's moving at the speed of light, we wouldn't even perceive it leaving. Yeah. So, small detail. Um, I think this movie is just, like, a lot of doing the small things right. Even, even yeah, you're right. Even to the point of, like, at the very beginning of it, like, when the, the like, aliens land, it's, it's talking about, like, if they're communicating with each other, it's in a way that we don't understand as humans. There's no light energy. There's no sound waves. And yeah, covering your face is that way. Nothing. And so it's like, that's creepy all in itself, because they're sure as shit talking to each other. Yeah. Like, oh, man. I, I'm, do you want to go first? Uh, I think we're ready to score this bad boy. Yeah, you know what? This one was really good. Uh, um, the things that I talked about weren't, weren't, weren't hating on it. Uh, I still really liked this one. It was an eight for me. Okay. Liked it. A nine two for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I was like going back and forth between like a nine, a nine five, like blah blah blah, and then I settled on a nine two. That's a that's a good one. Yep. Close that baby. <sighs> okay. Okay, it's in there. Average out in an eight point six. So that's it. Arrival. It's a good movie. Nine point two for me, and eight point an eight point zero for Andy. Uh, go watch it. Unfortunately, if you'd like to watch it, you are going to have to shell out four dollars. It's not streaming anywhere. I'm sorry, we picked two movies that were not easy to get access to this week. Uh, Hustlers, you straight up have to buy. But that should be the next movie available. So my my goal is to hopefully have this up either Wednesday or Thursday. Hustlers up Saturday, and then everything back to... But then uh, Palm Springs is free, and then next week it sounds like we're going back to Netflix stuff. Yeah, so Palm Springs is free, free on Hulu. Uh, yeah, we try and... I, like, I don't want it to be... I don't want to be bound to Netflix and Hulu. Um, I do want to be able to talk about movies occasionally and then maybe have to spend money. But it's also nice to just like, oh, thank God, I don't have to pay $8. <laughs> so thank you again. I think that that's it for us. Uh, again, stay stay tuned for that May Biggins interview in August. And, of course, this is your first episode. We always appreciate the listen. Thank you for listening this long. Let us know what you'd like to see. Again, we have an email at azmovieclub at gmail.com, and we have a Facebook and Instagram and a Twitter. You can reach us anywhere. If you reach out to social media, it's probably going to be Romeo, myself, or Alexis. And um, if you reach out uh, by email, it's going to be straight up me. Just to let you know, you can't reach in, basically, is what we're saying. I'm off-grid. <laughs> he is off-grid. Uh, my carrier pitching. Mock signals. And, <laughs> and we are off the mics at this point. Thank you so much, guys. We really appreciate it. Have a great day, night, whatever. Thanks, guys.